0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Begging for change, dumpster diving. I remember the lady from Dunkin' Donuts putting the donuts on top of the dumpster and me going in there and thinking it wasn't that bad. Like I remember having money in my pocket but wanting to to die drunk and hungry. Like I was okay with that. As long as I died drunk, who cares about being hungry? Uh, I remember a lady spitting on me downtown when I was homeless, I remember that. I remember like, you know, just the smell of the dumpster, all those things. I, I, I just, I remember that and I can promise you The greatest thing that happened to me was when I was homeless, begging for change, and and I had to dumpster die, because that pain was the fruit to guide me to this new life.
1: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to Recovered Life. I am pleased to be joined today with Frederick Chagag. Freddie is a motivational speaker and CEO of The Message LLC. He has an amazing story about a radical transformation from his life on the streets, battling substance abuse, homelessness, and mental health challenges, to now his career as a motivational speaker and college student. Welcome to the show, Freddie. Thank you for having me. What a blessing it is to be on such a platform. Thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you for being here. I'm so thrilled to have you. You know, you have such an amazing story. It's so inspirational. And I was trying to think about questions that I wanted to ask you because I could really spend all day talking to you. But really the thing that came out was mm-hmm. overcoming challenges. You really for for the very young age that you are, you have really overcome a bunch of stuff in your speaking and motivational speaking career, speaking to teens and college students about addiction and overcoming challenges is really amazing. Tell, tell me a little bit about your life. What was it like before all of this crazy addiction stuff started for you? Um,
0: well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I'm, I'm blessed to be here, and I love what you're doing. It's a, it's a gift. Uh, my life before was hectic. It was chaotic um, because it was, it, it was up and down like the stock market. Um, I was spiritually sick. I was immature. I was, I mean, it was it was horrible. Um, and 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 I tell people all the time, you know, I, I had to learn a lesson. I thought more things meant better life, then I finally realized my life got better because I became a better person. Um, it was bad relationships. It was not being a good person. A lot of using, drink. I mean, you know, the, the regular life and addiction,
1: and it ended in a dumpster. Um, yeah. So you really went from. A seemingly normal life though, right? Like you going Uh, to school, doing your thing, and then it starts to unravel.
0: Well, yeah. Let let me back this up. So at 12 years old was my first uh, psyche institution, um, suicidal ideation. The first time I ever got high was my asthma inhaler at nine. So I've been on medication since about that. There was no quote unquote normal. Um, And then on top of that, my mom got sober when I was in third grade. I my mom went to treatment once for five days and she's been sober for 26 years. So I grew up uh in the program in the rooms. Like that's how I grew up. That was my childhood. And on top of that, she worked in treatment. So like that's just part of been, you know, my work, my life. Um Yeah. So I've been in probably 20 institutions, 15 psych units and, and, and everything looked all right. Like I need to be clear about that. Everything looked like I was happy. Everything looked like everything was okay. But inside, I was a mess. And that finally cultivated itself when I was, you know, for a
1: 10 year run of just alcohol abuse and ended up in a dumpster. Wow. So when, when was the, when was the pivotable point? Because Mm -hmm. you talk about, you have a lot of different challenges. You had mental health challenges. You you talk about, you know, getting high with your inhaler when you're 12. Was there a pivotable point where you just said, you know what? I I just, I can't control this. I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens.
0: Yep. I'll never forget it. I was in the basement of a treatment facility and this time when I got in the basement, I had nothing. And I wasn't used to going to treatment like that. I usually had stuff. I'm in the basement. I'm with Brother Harold. Bless bless him, man. A great man. Great man. And I'm in there and I'm going through the donation bin and I'm picking out clothes. And he looked at me and he said, Freddie, you're going to pick out underwear. And I was like, underwear? And then it hit me. I'm in the basement of a treatment facility. and I'm going through the underwear and I'm picking out the ones that aren't stained. There was something about that that was so humbling that I told myself, I don't ever want to feel like this again. And when I was in that treatment center, I did 78 days. And what I realized is start making your days count. Stop counting the days. And I also realized in there, wait a minute, Freddie, if I survived substance abuse, if I survived mental illness, if I survived homelessness, maybe I'm not a mistake. Maybe I was put here for a reason.
1: So I tapped into that. And before you know it, here we are. And it got really bad for you, right? You were on the streets. You really, you really, you really. What they would call hitting rock bottom, you really went there.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Begging for change, dumpster diving. I remember the lady from Dunkin' Donuts putting the donuts on top of the dumpster, and me going in there and thinking it wasn't that bad. Like I remember having money in my pocket, but wanting to to die drunk and hungry. Like I was okay with that, as long as I died drunk. Who cares about being hungry? Uh, I remember a lady spitting on me downtown when I was homeless. I remember that. I remember like you know, just the smell of the dumpster, all those things. I, I I just, I remember that. And I can promise you the greatest thing that happened to me was when I was homeless begging for change and, and I had to dumpster die because that pain was the fruit to guide me to this new life.
1: Yeah. When you, you know, looking back, I think a lot of people that maybe have not had addiction issues, substance abuse problems, they wouldn't understand because your story, your mom, is somebody who's sober. She's working in treatment. You know, the average person would say, what, why didn't Freddie just get it? He had an example. He saw it. Can you explain a little bit about, about how addiction, uh, about the thinking of addiction and about how it kind of took over your life? Absolutely. So this is what I
0: tell people all the time.
1: This is addiction.
0: You take one person, A, you take person B. You get person A an Oreo. That has a that doesn't have addiction. Oh, I like them. Have a couple more. Your person be at Oreo. They eat them until their life gets unmanaged that's addiction. It's that simple. It's a brain illness. At nine years old, my mom gave me an asthma inhaler. I hit that asthma inhaler and I was like, man, this stuff is good. I couldn't wait till she left. I was getting high off that asthma inhaler for years and I fell on the steps and cracked my chin open and had to get stitches. I was teaching my friends how to get high off it. The first time I ever ate pepperoni, I ate so much I threw up. When my mom gave me a blow pop, I took my lunch money, went to the store, bought a case of blow pops, ate so many I broke out. Listen, I've been sober five years in June. It'll be five years in June, right? My wife don't even let me put stuff in a in the microwave because if she tells me two minutes, I put it on at five, right? Like everything I touch, I do extra. That's the yeah. brain I'm giving. So it didn't matter if my mom was John Pope. You know what I mean? It didn't matter if she worked at the Vatican. It didn't matter if she was the most. It, it's a brain illness. And until... I became to understand that until I accepted that. And like now I read update scholarships. Now I'm going to conference and all. Now I get it more in depth. But the bottom line, my brain likes more.
1: Yeah. After you, you know, after you catch recovery, after you're sober, right. all of those positive influences, I, I believe they do help you, right? Because you yeah. look back and you go, That was a message. I right. should have done it that way, right? right? But when you're in it, you just don't see it. It's muscle you memory. Just don't see it.
0: Like those being in meetings in third grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, it gave me wisdom beyond my years. But when you're in third, fourth, and fifth grade, you don't understand spiritual formality. You don't understand scholarship. You don't understand the the, the perspectives. You're six. You're eight. So no, I didn't get it. It didn't matter what my mom told me. It's just like kids that grow up end up being murderers and they come from great homes. At the end of the day, every child makes their, their own decisions.
1: Well, you know, I know we're talking a lot about overcoming obstacles on this episode, right. overcoming challenges, right? And right. what was the, you know, you talk about flipping through the clothes and deciding right. what underwear you're going to get this on stain, all right. of these horrible experiences that you go through. Right. So you have this decision, okay, you know what? I'm going to change my life. And there might be people out there, they maybe have a glimmer of that right now. They're saying, right. you know what, man, I've kind of had that too, but they're unable to get there. What are the steps that you took? After you had that epiphany, it's like, you know what? Things could be different.
0: Well, the first thing is uh, I'm a person of faith. Get a spiritual life. I tell people all the time, I don't care if you believe in tree bark. You just better get something that's not human Mm -hmm. because humans, the greatest of them, are going to fail you because they're human. So that's the first thing. Get a spiritual life. The second thing is build a foundation of health. What does that mean? Yoga, prayer eating right, working out, positive in, positive out, garbage in, garbage out, who you surrounded by, show me your friends, I will show you the future, I had to realize, and I'm telling you, I used to really believe this, better job, better uh, degree, better car, better life, no, I became a better person, then my life got better, so I would tell anybody that wants to, and they're at that point, start reading more, start praying more, start digging in your spiritual life more, start asking yourself, why are you here? And
1: tap into your purpose. Yeah. That's a, that's such a great, that's such a great message. And I know you work with teens now and you travel right. around, you right. speak with colleges, right. you know, what do you think that, that, that kids don't understand, teens don't understand about overcoming challenges and specifically regarding addiction, what do you think the big the big thing that they really don't connect what's not connecting with them?
0: number one is um I think a lot unfortunately, the big thing about social media has taken away the truth and 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 and, and the when I say scholarship, that's academic jargon. but what I'm really saying is the correct data and research. that's one of the big issues. We're, do, do we have a fundamental issue right now of really honing in on what's truth and what's not. So the first thing I would say is do your research about this illness. That's number one. Number two, it ain't coming easy. Right. Like I, I think we live in a microwave society where you could just go to your phone or you could just go to something and it comes overnight. It took years to get where I'm at. It took time, man. You know, as they tell us, things I must earn, right? It it doesn't happen overnight. And honestly, I didn't know what I didn't know. Like what I know now about speaking career and what I know now about writing in school, I didn't know this day one. So you gotta be willing to be okay with time. And I'll say this last thing too. I had to learn to love the labor more than the fruit. I always wanted the reward, but I didn't want the journey that came with the reward. So I had to learn that. And and I think that's, that's the, what I try to teach now. Love the grind, love the hardness of it, love the journey because the rewards coming.
1: Yeah. Because you know, what I love about your message is that you really focus on, don't worry about getting a better apartment, right. getting a better car, getting a better right. suit, worry about becoming a better person. And through that, all these things will happen for you. Absolutely. And, and you know, what's funny. I was so worried about when
0: I first got sober. Oh, I'm 30 some years old. I don't have nothing. I'm never going to be nothing. Blah, blah, blah. And then as I kept going, I got more than I ever thought I would get. That's what's crazy. Just because I'm doing the right things, put me in right situations around right people.
1: <laughs> what what, what is saying? addiction? What is addiction? I know now, now you are a successful, not only a successful speaker, right. but you're also a successful business student. Right. And what what have you what did you learn? Uh, in addiction that works well for business? Number one, don't
0: never, ever change who you are. Be yourself. I sell me. They pay me to be me, Yeah. right? Like I don't have to change. I don't have to fit some narrative. I literally, I study communications in school right now, right? And one of the reasons I've done so well is because when I write or do homework, I speak from personal experience. I'm speaking truth and i just make it professional that's what that's what th- my life has taught me that i matter my hardships mm-hmm. can help other people in the world what's what i need it's marketing ability mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, and that's one thing that people in active addiction do have is marketing ability, right? Right, they know how to sell themselves, they know how to tell a story, and th- it's not all loss, right? And, not I, and at I love all. what you're talking about. Time there is time, there is more time. Even if you get sober, you're 60, 70, 80 years old. There is it, there is time to achieve absolutely. Things. I was in a I was in an
0: honors class. I was no, I was in 530 Kappa National Honor Society. Shout out to them. With a, with a person who was 75 getting inducted. Wow. If you're breathing,
1: you still got life. Exactly, exactly. And you know that when, when you go around and speak to kids, what do you think um, what do you think that their biggest misconception is with addiction?
0: Um, That uh, a person that has addiction is homeless, begging for change. Uh, He smells bad. She looks bad. A woman has addiction, prostitutes. They're on a corner. They're homeless. It can be the Wall Street broker who drinks every night, but he's rich. It could be the teacher who comes to school and they're dressed well and they're teaching you and they're doing great things. They drive a nice car and they look well. But when they go home, they're, they they want to kill themselves and drink a pips of whiskey. It can be the doctor that you deal with who's shooting heroin, but you don't see it because he shoots it in the middle of his toes. It can be the nurse who you don't know. She's snorting dope in her car, but you don't know that because she has a great name in the public and she looks well. Don't confuse how you look with what your life is.
1: Thank you, Freddie. This has been an amazing mm-hmm. episode. And you, you know, you are you are one of those people that when I when I first saw your video about yeah. your motivational speaking, I thought, you know, the power of transformation, especially with people getting sober, it, right. it it I'm really awestruck by it because the ability to be able to be literally on the streets, right? right. To rebuilding the life that you've had, it seems quite honestly to the outside world impossible, but you see the story a lot, right? Like you you are not, you are not the only person that this has happened to. Absolutely. Um, And what is your, you know, what would be the final message, Freddie, that you would have for people that are struggling right now and they want to overcome the challenges, they want to start taking, you know, they want to take that first step. What would be your final advice for them?
0: Learn from me. Um, I would have told, if you would have told me this the day I first got clean, I'd have told you you were crazy and how wrong I would have been. Don't look back. You're not going that way. If If you wake up, there's breath. If you have breath, you have goals, set goals and go get them. You only got one life to live. Think about it. If you survived everything you survived, maybe it's because you're here for a reason why not? If you're not scared to drink fifths of liquor, if you're not scared to shoot bundles of dope, if you're not scared to snort dope, if you're not scared to do drugs and put yourselves in horrible situations, why would you be scared to go be the best person
1: you possibly can? Go get them, man. Frederick Chagag, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on Recovered Life. How can they find out more about you and The Message LLC? The
0: Message LLC. Just visit uh, the website. It's The The Message LLC. Just type that in Google, or you can Google uh, The Message LLC and find
1: it, and you'll see it. And we'll also make sure that you can connect with Freddie. He is on Recovered Life, so yes. you can connect with him there. Frederick yes. Chagag, yes. thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you. Bless you, and I appreciate your platform. Thank you for all you're doing.